Welcome to Wisdom at the Crossroads. I'm your host, Amanda Onchalenko, and I'm excited to invite you into my studio practice remotely. Together, let's pause the rhythm of the day as we dive into the backstories of an artistic life, my life, exploring lessons learned through creativity and inspiration. So get yourself a beverage and let's settle in for a short while as we reflect on how some of my favourite paintings have evolved and what wisdom I have found at the crossroads where action and presence meet. My work in acrylic is focused on the painting process. Right now, I start with a general idea inspired somehow by landscape. The act of painting for me is a tactile and physical process concerned with the feel of liquid acrylic contacting a surface, be that a panel, which is more resistant to the action of the brush, or a canvas, which has a little more give, but hopefully not too much. I'm often asked, how do I begin? Do I start at the top and work down, for instance, was one question I had. No, I don't. For me right now, a piece begins with no visual reference or defined intention. There is no photographic starting point like there once was, so the hundreds of photographs I have taken and continue to take are not engaged on paint days. The painting process instead flows through layers of visual decision-making with a focus on the concept of composition. That is, the internal structure that invites the viewer on a prescribed journey through a two-dimensional space. When I paint, I only use paint. Drawing is done with a thin, flippy brush loaded with very watery acrylic paint. The action is reflexive and intuitive. I will sometimes use this technique right at the very beginning to rough in my initial intentions, but mostly I reserve drawing for when the composition is more advanced and can benefit from a little clarity. Each mark has a role to play. At the outset, a work flows together with large active strokes and gestures that are first concerned with adding colour to the surface, and I do aim to cover the entire surface, very often with a large and wide brush. This is usually done in a complement or a colour opposite on the colour wheel to what I think I am intending for the basic yet fluid divisions of the surface into suggestions of background and foreground. Way back when I was doing my high school certificate in Australia, my very inspirational art teacher impressed on our group her preference for eradicating the white dots of the naked canvas from showing through onto the finished surface. It was the early 80s and photorealism was getting to the end of its reign. In covering the surface with underpainting, I feel like I am accommodating Diane Epoff's voice, which remains with me even after all these years. And should these compliments show through, I am not leaving the surface untended. Instead, I am planting seeds that just might help the composition to bloom. As the composition progresses, my additions are slower, smaller, and more considered as each mark I make contributes more significantly to the composition. Less really does become more. Some of the things I do with regularity that give my work its signature vibe include washing my brush really regularly. Some might even say compulsively. This keeps the colour clear. In art school, I double majored in painting and printmaking, and though printmaking inks proved too toxic for my system, I did retain the printmaker's tendency to think in one colour at a time. This practice helps to prevent me from blending colours down to neutrals. I use a single colour on multiple areas of a surface to encourage both movement and balance, 
and I add complements together to create darks without the use of blacks. These strategies all contribute to the vibrancy of colour that you see and feel in real life with my work. It may be less obvious in reproduction, and since we are on a podcast, well, it can be whatever you want it to be. I just hope you aren't disappointed when you see the actual images on my blog. You know how when you read a book, that later becomes a movie and the lead character you imagine as Jamie Fraser from Outlander turns into Ronald McDonald. I want you to use your imagination here, but I am hopeful my images in real life don't disappoint. I often paint in series and can have multiple pieces on the go at any given time. Sometimes these are defined groups like a triptych with three panels or a diptych with two. These groups also mean I can paint a large piece that I can still fit into my car. The formal groups are always worked on as a team. Sometimes two pieces will be neighbours on my painting wall, like the two pieces we will talk about in a minute. Multi-panelled pieces offer the additional challenge of having to be compositionally sound as individual paintings, as adjacent pairs, and if there is a third player, as a triptych. Composition is one of my primary concerns. It is the structure that drives the viewer's visual path around a surface. For me, it is what informs the direction any painting takes, regardless of its subject. Compositional challenges have been known to turn a painting literally upside down on my painting wall. An altered perspective can be the key action that helps me to solve the visual puzzle. Really, when it all boils down, painting is a visual problem to be solved, and each artist uses their chosen tools in their preferred way to do that. Some days I might be frustrated with how a particular work is progressing. Most likely I have overpainted and lost some of the spontaneity that existed in the underpainting by trying too hard to clean things up and control the action. Why do we do that? I ask myself not infrequently. I might even be sulking sometimes because I have turned something fresh and fabulous into something a little lacking. At that point my energy is better spent refocusing on another piece. By having more than one ball in the air, I get to continue in the flow of painting until I feel I am finished for the day on my terms, instead of feeling defeated by a block or a perceived misstep. In life as in art, it's good to remember everything happens for a reason, and our journey evolves. We always want to end the day on a high note. That way, when I come back with fresh eyes on my next studio day, having allowed a composition to rest or marinate, the painting will generally lead me back to a resolution. Today I wanted to introduce you to a pair of 24-inch squares I wake up to at the cottage. Our cottage I like to think of as a beacon of sunshine that we are merely the caretakers of. Built in 1934, it has some very distinct idiosyncrasies, endearing ones that definitely won't pass code, but the additional wall space allowed for more art, and that was a good thing. Sweet Sixteen and Yellowhead were painted at the same time, and though they were not originally intended as a diptych, they did share space on the paint wall, and so they couldn't help but to share colours from the same palette. Does that make them siblings or cousins? I don't know, but they do work well together above my bed. My husband hails from a small town in Manitoba, what we lovingly refer to as the thriving metropolis. It is a four-hour drive west across the prairies and one we have taken on all seasons. For many years I was known to my family as the drive-by shooter, established as I was in the passenger seat for many of these journeys with a camera in hand ready to capture a rare curve in a farmer's field at harvest, a bold prairie sky or a winter landscape coated in hoar frost's magical palette of crystals and ice. 
the bold and expansive paired plantings of golden canola and contrasting purple flax are always delicious and inspiring. In real life, they are fairly regulated, while in my paintings, the divisions between are a little looser and more suggestive. We travelled on Highway 16, also known as the Yellowhead Highway, across the prairies to sporting events in neighbouring provinces for years, in every season. We also ventured west to spend Christmases, Easter's and Thanksgiving with grandparents. In the early days, we hooked up video players and installed the kids in the back seat with headphones. Nobody could complain the other sister was looking out her window. And yes, that was an actual thing in our car. In the front seats, my hubby and I could pretend we were on a date, at least until the movie ended and we were all well and truly ready to get out of the car. Spring, for me, always held the most excitement. As I searched out signs, the ice was gaining colour, barely there hints of aqua that inferred the last of winter was wearing away and colour would soon fully return to the landscape. As this promised season progresses, the heaviness of farm machinery can carve deep tracks in the earth if impatient farmers set their fields prematurely in order. The unintentional diptych Sweet Sixteen and Yellowhead are a sunny pair of paintings that combine aspects of several seasons in only a few major colours. Yellowhead on the right bears some reference to the spring gouges left to tell the story of the farmer's eagerness. These marks also help to section off the foreground and draw the view into the composition on convergent lines that delineate a pink triangle just off-centre to the right. A soft rosy pink triangle forms between the two edges of these receding lines that might reiterate the idea of fertility. Sunny clear yellow suggests the abundance of grain ripened at the heart of the prairies. Colourful quadrants are sectioned off by the loose marks that sweep suggestively across both canvases. The middle ground recedes with the aid of vibrant slashes of azure and cobalt blue that also continues through both compositions. In each piece, a lone cloud formed in my wispy underpainted marks that began as a subtle sketch in watery blue. Sometimes a little happenstance leads the evolution of the subject, like in this case where my watery initial marks combine to suggest an open palm in profile. In Yellowhead, if you are familiar with the Rider Waite tarot, Think aces of cups or pentacles and the potential of harvest and another seasonal cycle bearing fruit. In Sweet Sixteen on the left, a cloud formation on the far left puts me in mind of a cheeky character ready to forcefully exhale the captured air in his overstuffed cheeks. The atmospheric upper third of both panels revert again to bright sunshiny cadmium yellow with creamy variations that balance the composition and read a sky. This pair of cousins, though originally not intended as a diptych, hold together compositionally by means of a few shared lines that extend from one composition to the other. Sometimes that's all we need to bring two individual pieces together to become more than the simple combination of their parts. Painted in 2013, not long after we purchased our cottage, one teenage daughter had admired them as a pair, so it was a simple action to bring them home to take up residence at the lake, where wall space was much more plentiful. The yellow that dominates this pair is a colour not instinctively embraced by Canadians. At the time, I was happy to assume the Australian part of our daughter resonate with the scheme. I resonate with their sunny personalities and personally love waking up to their positivity. Together, they have taught me to appreciate the ages and stages of our kids in all seasons, even the ones where nobody was allowed to look out the other one's window. They taught me to observe the seasonal markers of the landscape and in the coldest of seasons to appreciate the radiant light they exude, to be reminded 
of the potential for warmer days ahead. Find these images on my website, in the blog, at www.manda.ca or on Instagram at manda.canada. Remember, the mand is a contraction of my very long name. Art is what I do and the Canada is where I am. I hope their sunny disposition resonates with you as it does with me. May they remind you of road trips you have taken, maybe even roads less travelled, that might appear on your bucket list soon. With our meditative practice, we work towards opening ourselves up to the wisdom at our core. We call it a practice because with repetition, the process becomes simpler. The more we learn to relax, the simpler it becomes to find ourselves at rest within the actions and activities in the busy lives we lead. The hope is for us to find a simple way to soothe ourselves when the waves of our real-life experiences roll. Learning to direct our attention, or our focus, to a quiet place within ourselves is a strategy we can turn to in a community like this one, or alone when we are by ourselves. I hope you will feel free to return to episodes that resonate for you, at times when your world feels overwhelming or unsettled, just as often as at those times when you simply want to enjoy a short break at the end or the beginning of your day. Creativity has long been the practice that brings me to that quiet place within where the worries of my world fall away. It's not that I am distracting myself from my obligations, it is more that I am narrowing my attention to the task at hand that just so happens to be my job. I love what I do. I have been known to call my studio practice my work at play. But I am also disciplined about it in the same way that I try to be disciplined about including a meditative practice into my routine. Let's be honest though, I am not always successful, but now that I have made a commitment to you, I am also making that commitment to myself. I feel better when I make time for the practice, and though I don't always manage to make or take the time, I do try not to beat myself up about my own missteps. We're all human, navigating our journey as best we can. Let's get comfortable, shall we, as we prepare to take a few minutes for ourselves and our meditative practice right now. Allow yourself to get cosy, to sit in a sunny corner, to lie down on a couch or a yoga mat, or simply to listen in at your desk as we endeavour to cast out the rest of the world for a few short minutes in honour of ourselves. Of course, as always, If you are driving or operating heavy machinery, you know to come back to the podcast when you can safely offer some time to tune in to yourself. Let's start with the breath as we relax our gaze and settle in with ourselves. Breathing in and breathing out. Slowing down your active body with its active thoughts. Breathing in and breathing out as you tune into your own body. Let's first acknowledge the physical by taking inventory of how you physically feel under the weight of gravity. With regular relaxed breaths, notice the ground that supports you. 
whether it is a lush lawn, a cosy chair, the firmness of your yoga mat on a wood floor. Direct your breath to areas you feel could benefit from some softening. Channel your focus there and feel the tension melt away. Release the physical barriers and allow yourself to connect to the energy around you. It is much, much larger than ourselves. Let's be reminded that at each moment we have the potential to reach into the well that springs within us to the reservoir of wisdom we hold at our core. Sometimes we are aware of it. At other times, we close ourselves off to these intuitive gifts. Today, I would like to invite you to awaken the potential that resides within you, to access the creative center where confidence and strength reside. I hope you have settled into your space and that your regular breath cycles are calm and balanced. If your eyes are not yet closed, I invite you to shutter them as we look within to accept our uniquely human selves just as we are. When I close my eyes, I see radiance beneath my eyelids. For me, it is always colour. A warm red or orange or golden glow. Efflorescence that adds light where we assume there to be darkness. Breathe in this radiance. See it flow in whatever form it takes in your unique perspective. Notice it. Breathe it in, accept it. Where is it taking you? Where does it flow? We all have a comforting place, a location where we are instantly at peace and able to be simply ourselves. It may be an actual physical place, or it could be something imaginary. A place in your dreams, or a place you have seen and experienced in the physical world. Visualize that place now, whether it is near or far, makes absolutely no difference. You need no boarding pass to access it. You can simply travel there to seek the comfort it offers at any point of any day or night. There is no pretense here, nor a desire to make it better or somehow to make it more. It is perfect, just as it is. It simply is. It simply exists.
take a moment to notice this experiential process of being present. We are not avoiding or negating our personal circumstances here. Instead, we are simply reducing the stimuli around us so we can replenish our energy stores from within. All forces work against our better interests when we are overstimulated. So in this brief practice, we are reminded we have the ability to quiet our minds, to subdue the activity of the intellect, and to accept the light that shines within us, even in darkness. You are welcome to stay with this imagery in this place you have travelled for as long as you feel you would like to. Allow yourself the time you need before you bring motion back into your physical body. You might like to journal afterwards or draw what you have seen and felt if that helps it to become more concrete for you. Or you may simply like to breathe it in to be aware of the moment just as it is. Remember, ease. Be easy on yourself as you reset your compass to navigate the rest of your day. May the roads we travel together help you to find comfort in your personal circumstances. May our practice together help you to simplify the road to your core, where all possibility exists. Thank you for honouring me with your presence. Thanks for joining me. I hope you're able to find something that resonated for you as we journeyed through the backstories of art, life and inspiration together. Watch for new episodes to drop weekly on Tuesdays. I'll meet you there with your morning coffee or afternoon tea as we gather in my studio remotely. Unless, of course, you knock on my door or pop into my messages. Find me on Instagram at mandartcanada or on my website www.mandart.ca where you'll find show notes and images of the artworks we discuss on the podcast in the blog. Feel free to bring a friend or reach out with your questions or comments. I would love to hear from you. In the meantime, I will look forward to joining with you again as we seek wisdom at the crossroads where action and presence meet. Take care. Bye now.